Hip-hop artists from Winnipeg, Saskatoon, and beyond have banded together to form Saskatoon Folk Rap Records. The label features new and upcoming releases by the likes of The Gumshoe Strut, Epic, and Introducing the Ghost, a fantastic new record from Rob Crooks. You can find Introducing the Ghost as of October 6th on robcrooks.bandcamp.com. Hey folks, if you've seen any of the great merch we have lately, we've got Rich Police shirts, we've got bags, we've got more gear on the way. That's all made by our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Whether it's screen printing or embroidery, heat press vinyl or graphic design, Divine Shirts is the place to go for your band merch. They've been doing some of the best stuff from the best bands in Winnipeg and beyond. And if you're looking to get some merch made, head over to divineshirtcompany.ca or follow them on Instagram and tell them which police radio sent you. All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, you know, I'm on the internet again because no one can can leave the house or uh, go anywhere or do anything fun. And um, I'm here with someone who, you know, usually would be running a venue that, that provides that kind of fun and entertainment and things to do outside the house. And, you know, I've been talking to artists for the past six months or so now about this pandemic and how it's affected them and how it's affecting their ability to do their jobs and to, to tour and to play shows. And one of the, I think sectors has been the hardest hit is is just the entertainment in, in industry in general not just the the performers but the venues and the people who work behind the scenes doing sound doing lighting all that stuff so the guest on the show today is eric from the park theater and um it's interesting that we're talking about this now because you know things have, have obviously changed somewhat dramatically in manitoba over the past basically week and a bit and it seemed like before before this most recent update on on the uh, restrictions you had something sort of figured out for these, you know, uh, socially distanced shows with small audience, and they seemed to be working pretty well, and you had, you know, some stuff actually lined up. But I guess before we even get into that, maybe just let's go back to sort of when this hit. What was the feeling like when you first heard that this pandemic was coming, you know, as as a venue owner? Uh, like way back in March? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. honestly just put gasoline all over ourselves and light ourselves on fire. <laughs> that was the mentality, right? Yeah, yeah. How can we honestly get through this? Um, man, like, where do you go from that? It was the worst. It was the worst of times. Like, you, you build, you build, you build, and then you get to a point where you just understand or realize it's out of your control. Yeah. It's like, imagine having a child and the child you, you raised till it's like 16, 17 and decides it wants to do heroin. That was <laughs> the music industry. It's like, what am I going to do? I have no control anymore. Yeah. Well, there must have been a point though where it was kind of uncertain because no one really knew how bad this thing was going to get, right? Like at the very beginning? Yes, absolutely. And and, and we, we locked down and we all did our things and we, we just push a calendar back and we, <laughs> we, we dismiss shows and we said, okay, we're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. We're going to be here again. It was the worst of times, dude. It was honestly, it was the worst of times. And then it got worse. <laughs> and then it got worse and worse and worse. And, and like, where are we? Like we're, we're November, 2020. And we're probably, like, in my mind, honestly, we're September 2022 before we're out of this. That's wow. that's how I feel. We're September 2022 before we're out of this. And I hate saying that out loud because I feel like a douchebag and yeah. I don't want to like, 
be the pessimist, but I honestly feel like we're September 2022. So how, how do you even continue to exist, you know, between now and then? That's so far off. And there's so much, you know, potential money you could be bringing in that's just, it can't happen, right? Assuming that's how long this lasts. How do you even deal with it? Uh, this is what I did. I was very fortunate that Matt Perlman did that uh, GoFundMe. Yeah. Uh, we, we raised some money. With that money, I secured some loans. And with that, those loans, I secured some more loans. And I just, I love what I do. I honestly love, I love it to pieces. And, and I'm putting myself in a position where there's probably, honestly, no real comeback. But I love what I do. I, I, I honestly want to be the best music venue in North America. Cool. And I'm, I, I put all my cards on the table and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And so I hope, I hope, honestly, I hope, I hope we make it through all the way through this. I hope we can do the audiences we used to have. Yeah. I hope we put on the shows we used to have because I believe in live music. I believe in what we do and I love it. I love it to pieces. Yeah. Well, I think that shows too, just in the, the, the amount of work you've put into the venue over the years and the timing couldn't be worse, right? Because you just finished all those renovations and then oh, and this on. happens. You're right. I just basically dropped my pants and put all the money I had in it on the front of the building. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you're trying to, you're honestly trying to build something really, really cool. And sometimes you have to make small sacrifices and that. At the time, it felt like a very small sacrifice. Sure. You didn't know there was a pandemic rolling down. You're like, oh, okay, so we're going to put ourselves in debt here. <laughs> oh, by the way, we're going to close you down for three years. Or yeah, yeah. Years. Well, when you first came back after the, the first little bit of pandemic time, and there was that Scott Nolan show, I was at that show, and it, it was it was weird. It was definitely, admittedly weird being in a show at that venue that with so few people and, and all of the restrictions and everything, but it seemed like it was working. And, you know, I kept hearing about more shows happening there, and then I had Scott on this podcast, and he was talking about the, the residency he was doing, and it definitely seemed like, you know, for a time there until things got out of your control, obviously, you had figured out a way to, to make these shows still happen in some form or another. 100%. Like, when we came back, we were at 25% or less capacity. We were socially distanced. We were tables of five or less. So we were well ahead of what the province was asking for because yeah. that's the latest round of what they're asking for. We were forward-thinking, but the whole time we were doing everything, we were thinking about are we a part of the problem or are we part of the solution? And we wanted to be a leader on everything. And then as we saw numbers going like through the fucking roof, pardon my language, Sorry. through the roof, um, we just, we couldn't feel, I couldn't feel comfortable with everything. And then you start talking to like the musicians and musicians. The great thing about Winnipeg and musicians, we are a community and yeah. we all know that we're trying to do the right thing. And so what are you doing, right? Are you being a part of the problem or are you being part of the solution? So the whole time when we reopened, things were okay. We were economically, were we doing well? No, we honestly weren't. But we were putting on shows. We are trying to get back to where we were trying to get to. And then we realized it just didn't make sense. And like, we're being a part of the problem. So we have to close down again. So we closed down. 
Yeah, and, and I mean, obviously at this point, no one knows when things will open up. I know you, you know, you're expecting a long haul with this, but um, like, do you, do, you, do you foresee a lot of other venues shutting their doors between now and whenever things start again? Because that's, I think, a biggest concern a lot of musicians have, right? Is that that when this when they come out of this, we awake from this horrible nightmare, there's going to be like five places left to play out instead of 15 or 20. 100%. I think everybody right now is shut down, right? Yeah. We're yeah. all shut down. How many will survive? That's a good question. And it's, a, it's I don't want to even answer that question because everybody, we're a community. We're a community. Like, even though we're competition yeah. and we like fight against each other for shows and so forth, we're still a community. We know what we want to do. But who's going to survive? I hope, hopefully, everybody survives. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. No, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to put you on the spot with that either, and then talk shit about your competition or you know your community there. But yeah, it's just. Um, I mean, I, I'm worried that that's going to happen as someone who you know doesn't even go to shows as much as I used to. I like the idea that I have all these options. You know what I mean? And it, it, seeing things close, like restaurants and all kinds of stuff are closing. You know, because of this, and, and it's super important, right? Because yeah. we all we all do every genre, like imagine there was only five of us and then we just do popular music then we like what about everybody else sure it's not fair to the community it's not fair to everything that's going on so we all have to survive and i think we all have to band together and even though we are competitors we have to understand if we don't all make it through this then we don't survive. Right. And live music doesn't survive. And live music's the most important thing. And, and that's the reality of it, right? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Park Theater survives, or the Pyramid survives, it's Royal Albert, the Goodwill, the West End Cultural Center, the Bulldog. Yeah. You know, there are so many great places. At the end of the day, without live music, then what are we doing? Like, are we just, like... We're listening to the radio and listening to Top 40 and right, we're right. all those people. Well, either that or people find other places to play. It'll be only house shows or something for the next, you know, five years or something like that, right? Which, well, I mean, was... house shows are great, but there's a, there's definitely something about going to an actual venue and seeing an actual... 100%. Yeah, yeah. We need live music. We need live music because that's where you actually craft the song. That's where you actually craft the tune that you're working on. You work out the nuances. You see how the you know, the audience reacts, make those uh, extra moves, there's licks, those guitar, the the drums, etc. And that's how we get to where we are. And without live music, without the venues and the bands, we're a coalition and we have to survive through this. When, I mean, you know, again, no one knows when it's going to happen, but once things get to some semblance of normality and you can do shows again, whether they're socially distanced shows with small audiences or they're, you know, back to how things used to be, I'm assuming you're going to have a huge demand for artists who want to play there. Just And so will everyone else because there's been such a long time that uh, you know no one's been able to play anywhere. Do you have any idea how you're going to manage that? Or are you going to just sort of go with it as it, as it happens? I haven't even thought that far ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to survive day yeah, by day. Yeah, sure, sure. Here, here's my game plan right now is make it through 2020, <laughs> think about 2021, and understand that 2022 is probably the end game. Yeah. No, dude, like, no. That's so far off. It's it's just seems crazy that it's that. But, but I, I, you, you, might, you might be right, too, for sure, because this seems to be getting worse faster than it is getting better. So It honestly is. And... and the reality is 
and to get a little political on sure. this is, you know, we are being blamed. Like venues are being blamed, yep. restaurants are being blamed, the entertainment industry is being blamed, but it's been proven over and over again that we're like less than 1% of the cause. And yet we're the ones that have to shut down and we're the ones who are paying the price. And the reality is we're paying what? 22 or 33% of the economy. You know, I've seen both numbers thrown out there. Right. <laughs> it's like, I just want to say like light a fire under your politician, understand that we are doing it. We do not want to ever at any point put anybody in jeopardy. And by we, I mean myself, the restaurant industry, even the people who talk shit on their radio <laughs> or talk shit on the internet. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, we understand that we just want to be doing the right thing. And we are doing the right thing. We are less than 1% or 2% of the cause. You have to throw us a bone. Because without small industry, without small business, without music venues, etc., our economy goes to shit. Sure. We are nothing at the end of the day. And like... We we can't survive as a province. We can't survive as an industry. We can't survive as people. We have to understand that there is more to this than just what's going on. So as as a venue owner, then, what recourse do you have to do anything about that? I mean, you know, there's a lot of other industries that are being, that are suffering, you know, because of the pandemic and they have all these organizations that are lobbying the province and, and things like that, whether they're getting anything done or not is a different story, but like, is there anything you can do to, to sort of, you know, plead your case and make it clear that you're not necessarily the industry that's causing this. You speak till you're blue in the face. You <laughs> yeah. send as many emails as you can. You talk to the people that can listen. You, you, you make phone calls and you hope the right person picks up the phone. But the reality is myself, all my competitors, every restaurant, everybody, we're putting ourselves in a position that we're endlessly in debt. Yeah. And we're, we're in it. We're putting ourselves in the corner and we're going to fight an uphill battle when we come out of this. And the, un, the, the, the unfortunate thing is most people don't see that and they don't see the struggle and the effort and the uh, sacrifices we make because you know you, you name a restaurant you name a bar you name anybody in there yeah like we <laughs> our whole lives are in what we're doing right now sure and we're doing it for the right reasons we're doing it not only because we believe in manitoba we believe in winnipeg we're trying to do the right thing but we're being punished because we're being told we're part of the problem and we're not, right. we're honestly not because we're doing all the right things. Well, like I said, I was at that one show, you know, when you first reopened and it, it, it seemed like you were doing everything. I was nervous to go out because I hadn't been out to do anything in, in months and it was, it was comfortable. Like it seemed like, you know, there's spacing, there's everyone's washing their hands. Everyone's staying away from each other. It seemed like on masks, it, it was working, but yeah, unfortunately, you guys... We're distancing, we're putting people in uh, groups of five or less right from the get-go. Yeah. Like, or they even asked us to do five or less. We're making sure that, you know, people are sanitizing when we walk through the door. We were making sure the staff had masks. We were asking people to wear masks. We were doing everything right. It's not 
the restaurant and the bar industry that's causing this issue right now. And I think the government, Pallister especially, <laughs> needs to understand that we are part of the solution mm-hmm. and that we're doing everything right. And we need we need to get going. Otherwise, what are we? We're 30% of the economy. Yeah. Maybe more than 30% of the economy. That's a huge chunk. It's massive, yeah. Yeah. Right? Do you think the average person understands that though? Do you think that I mean, like you know, the the average person who maybe goes to see your shows every once in a while at your venue, do they do they get that aspect of it? Um, that's a good question, Sam. That's a very good question. I think a lot of people do because we're very smart millennials. We're very educated. We're very socially aware. So yes, maybe yes. Okay, but. Does the greater populace understand that? Maybe not. Right. Does it, everybody on the outside looking in? Maybe not. The great thing about the music industry, uh, it's very secular, right? Like we are very, very inclusive. Yeah. Not because sure. we want to be inclusive. It's not. It's not a group where you have to have like a special code or a handshake to get into. But we we all are aware of everybody else. We are very, very understanding of how hard it is to do what we do. Yeah. And we ensure that everybody survives. And if 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 the music industry as it is, the way that I've just described it and the way it is, if it were to get to the greater populace, I think we'd do be doing much better because everybody would understand we have to wear the mask, we have yeah. to sanitize, we can't be the idiots who are causing the problem. We wouldn't be doing three hundred plus numbers a day. We would be we'd be in that happy place. But everybody just got so freaking cavalier and and just thought, Oh well like, we're good we're now. Yeah. Good. Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sucks. It's it's just it sucks for everybody. This the situation we're in. It it sucks that it's not getting better and it's heading in the wrong direction. And yeah, I mean, like the thing is that's maybe the worst for for people in your business is that you know I can work from home. I'm doing my day job. You know, in the daytime, I'm sitting at a computer in my basement and I can do everything I need to do. You can't, obviously. You know, there's no basement desk job for running a venue. And I think that people maybe aren't noticing that because. You know, some people are back to work a little bit. Other people are working from home. They've oh, it's it's fine. We'll we'll deal with it. We'll get through it. But I'm not at risk of you know basically my entire livelihood disappearing because of situations beyond my control, right? So I think maybe people are having trouble having empathy or even understanding what it's like because you know obviously your venue is not massive, but I think a lot of people too have this idea that touring artists, especially have tons of money and they get paid tons of money and it's, it's, you know, oh, this big band coming through. It doesn't matter if they lose a few months pay because they're already, and that's clearly not the case for a lot of the artists that you have at the venue at all. It is not like, and yeah, you're right. If people start thinking that's the logistics of the music industry, that everybody's like making (laughs) cash like crazy, like you're wrong. You're hundred percent wrong. We're all just trying to, we're all just trying to create art and art, doesn't make money for anybody no. <laughs> look at van gogh right it's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta die first right and then your art makes money yeah yeah um i don't know i mean like yeah we have to be in this together and i i don't know where like you know i try to talk to every other 
um, music venue owner. I try to talk to like every artist that I can, anybody who will like talk to me. Yeah. Reality is we're in this together. We're a coalition. We're a coalition of people who want to survive. And the only reason we want to survive is because we believe in what we're doing. Sure. We're not going to make a million dollars. One or two of us might make it out there. It might be like the biggest pop star. And that's amazing. I, I want that for everybody. Totally. Yeah. But we're all just making a living and we're all just creating art and art's important without art. What are we? We're boring. We're definitely boring without art for sure. Yeah. Definitely boring. So I've, I've, I have this kind of a uh, fantasy dream idea, which I don't know if will come to fruition, but I have this idea that once things come back from this pandemic, that because the playing field will be leveled and everyone has been without shows for, you know, however many months or years or whatever it is that I'm hoping that independent artists and smaller artists are going to maybe get a bit of an advantage because they're now at the same level as everybody else. And they can hopefully kind of take a leap and jump ahead and, and sort of, uh, you know, get ahead of the game. And I don't know what you think about that idea. I'm pretty sure I'm just deluding myself into thinking it's going to happen, but I have this hope that DIY bands and venues and, and, and podcasts and zines and everything can all sort of uh, take advantage of, of such a weird situation and, and find a way to, make themselves known. I don't know if you think that's going to happen at all, or if I'm just, uh, I don't know. No, I think there's some value to that because I think we're going to be so starved, right? Yeah. Well, I think like, I think there'll be a lot of new voices coming out and I think it's not just going to be like us. It's not going to be, it's going to be the unexpected or we're going to see a lot of unexpected voices come out yeah. and shine and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see who comes through that in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, who survives it or what new comes out of it? Yeah, and I don't know if it would all be a survival, but I think there you'll see a lot of new voices come up. There'll be a lot of people who will understand and get what we're doing and what we're going through right now that will have perseverance and go, hey, this is my song, or hey, this is my voice, or hey, this is my art. Yeah. So might see some pretty amazing things and i'm excited to see what that's gonna be yeah me too i hope, I hope some some really cool stuff comes out yeah. of it you know get something positive out of all this uh negativity yeah. for sure yeah we need positive right now yeah we could you could use a lot of it yeah so is there any i mean you know again obviously no one knows when this is going to end is there any possibility that you'll have to do other kinds of things at the venue in order to you know keep it afloat if this lasts longer than expected, like non-music shows. I mean, you know, I know you used to rent videos and stuff. That's things have changed. Obviously <laughs> things have changed. Right. But I mean, is there some other uses for the, the park that you may have to consider if the whole live performance thing remains canceled for, for longer than you you're expecting? Well, on the side, I've learned how to create gin right from scratch. <laughs> it's useful. <laughs> useful. So much time. Yeah. 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 Sure. Uh, who knows, dude? Like who knows? Yeah. Uh, the great thing is, like, we persevered for 15 years and we've gone through a lot of ups and downs and, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah, Come no, that's, that's cool. In, like, a year or two <laughs> months or three months. Yeah. Who knows? It might be a pizza parlor in, like, six yeah. months. Yeah, right? it could happen, right? <laughs> right. I know there was, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there was that, that GoFundMe that, that happened and you were selling uh, gift cards and stuff at the beginning of all this. Is there anything you're currently doing to kind of bring in money for the venue while you're closed or are you kind of put that on hold for now? Nope. We just, uh, we're actually 
days away from launching a whole merch line cool uh, absolutely amazing shirts and hoodies that i'm so proud of i've been working on for a very long time and i had a very very hard time trying to get it to the final product and we have something that i'm ecstatic about like amazing and i think when people see it they'll be a little bit blown away and awesome hopefully we'll fly off the shelves like i think it is um and just yeah other cool things like that the reality is though like I'll make it through this because I know how to borrow money really well. <laughs> okay, that's a skill. That's a skill for sure. Yeah, yeah. It is a skill. It yeah. honestly is a skill, and it sounds like a douchebag. <laughs> but the most important thing is, I'm not the important part of this equation. Right. One of the musicians who ever played the Park Theater. I can't survive without them coming back or I can't survive with the people who have the voice. I can't survive with the people who have the song, the tune, who have the art that want to play my stage. Yeah. So I need them to survive. I need them to have the voice. I need them to be able to say I'm coming back. And so this is a coalition. This is honestly a coalition. We all have to come back together. So I mean, obviously, I hope you come back. I love the park, you know, and I, I love the Winnipeg music scene. Clearly, I wouldn't have been doing this thing for eight years or whatever it is. But, um, you know, if people are hearing this because it's a podcast, you know, someone might hear it next week or they might hear it, you know, six months from now. And by then, hopefully things have changed. Maybe they haven't. But what's the best option for someone if they want to find out what's happening at the park, you know, in the hopes that there will be things happening again by the time they hear this? For sure. Uh, MyParkTheater.com, Canadian spelling. Yeah, yeah. Um check out our Facebook page, send me a message. <laughs> Just, yeah, like, and be awesome. That's the important part. Be awesome. And understand that we're all part of the solution and we want to be a part of the solution. Hey, folks, this is Monty from the band Loiter here. Just wanted to personally invite you down to the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue in front of the new Best Western Premier Hotel. At Beer Boutique, we specialize in local craft beer and carry a large selection of coolers and ciders. We've also recently expanded our gluten-free options. Next time you're in the area, be sure to stop by and say hi. We love talking local brews and local tunes. 